previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I've been playing with my interactive electoral college map, taking away certain states, making certain states red, certain states blue. We said it was going to happen, and it's happening. If you're just starting to focus on the election on election day, you're too late to the party. People are standing up and making their voices heard through the power of their vote. Democracy doesn't start and end on election day. I like the banging and the bumping and the fist fight. I think sports does a great job of bringing communities together. This is not a season that you're going to come back and make the playoffs. Cut down your salary, trade everybody. I want you to compete as hard as I want to win. That's a good crazy act. That's one that you might invite back over every once in a while. <laughs> we believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our Back on Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh, mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, start our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you are here for our Thursday edition that turned into a Friday edition. It's been an exhausting week for the United States of America, and I have really been, I'll tell you all about what's been going on with me, but I am i am exhausted, okay, and we're still not to the finish line yet, but we'll give you a, t- a rundown about that a little bit later on. But this, if this is your first time tuning in, there's several things we want you to know before I give you a rundown of what the show entails this time out. So what we like you guys to do is go to the wadeswordproductions.com website. That's Wade's Word Productions, and go to the site, peruse it, look around, and at the bottom of any of those pages, hit subscribe so you can subscribe to the email list so you'll know what's going on. We'll send you periodic emails, and you can check it out and see what we have going on, where we'll be when COVID clears up (laughs) and what we have going on and opportunities uh, that we present to you guys. Also, you can listen to past episodes there and all of that good stuff. Also, we have a 24-hour day sports line. The sports line is for you to call with your questions, comments, thoughts, requests, any of those things. That's 832-941-6614. Just leave a message. 832-941-6614. 614. Don't be afraid. We want to hear more from you guys. So that's going on. 832-941-6614. And finally, on social media, it's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. Go to the group. Join the group. Be a part of the group. Sports Talk with Devin Wade, the group. And uh, check that out. And you can be interactive and see all the posts from everybody. Brag on your team and uh, vote in our polls. Because that's going to be important in just a little bit. Because I'm going to tell you what we have coming up this time. Sort of a shorter show than usual, we think. Uh, we will have some headlines. Then it's the Thursday edition on Friday. And we will have a Why We Kneel segment with Kalina. And uh, we'll give you a rundown of what that's about. And then we'll uh, tell you who's going to have a good day this weekend. The players and the teams we think will have a big day in the NFL. Then we'll take a time out and come back on the other side with a segment that we call Soapbox. This is when I get on my soapbox, and that's when I'll go through all of what we've uh, gone through. Uh, Not all, but some of what we've gone through this week as a country and me personally. So that's coming up. And then we'll do uh, We the People, where we will hear from you guys and get some thoughts on some poll questions from you guys and hear from you. That's why the 
832-941-6614. Uh, that phone number is important because that is the way to get involved with We The People. And then we have a Lamont Award for the big dummy of the episode and before I let go. So all that's coming up. And we'll hear from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. And we'll hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes. And who knows what else. So with that, let's get into some headlines. In headlines, well, we have some national headlines. We, I mean, big, serious, super serious headlines. <laughs> we don't know who and about how much uh, the next president will win by. We think we know. And I'll get more into that. But in the sport, on the sports world, in the sports world, on the sports side of things, as it were, the thing that stood out over the last couple of days is that the NFL is really contorting itself to try to move forward and push forward with this season. And it's not – it's getting to a point where the games are not legitimate. Not quite – that's a strong statement, but it's getting to that point. Point, case in point, last night, the San Francisco 49ers, they had three receivers out because of a COVID positive test. Kendrick Bourne tested positive. It turns out that there may be a false positive. We don't know just yet, but they're investigating the 49ers and Bourne for uh, sort of safety protocol violations. But the fact that three receivers on that team, now let's not mention the fact that what 15 guys on that team are on IR, Garoppolo, and I mean, all the running backs seem to be hurt. And now you had three, you had Debo Samuel, Brian uh, Ayuk, and Kendrick Bourne all out last night. Uh, And how how do you compete with Nick Mullins at quarterback, the, the backup? And you don't have your three receivers, three of your very most important receivers. Not to mention Kittle is broken foot, bunker bone is for you can't control that. But three guys out. How, how do you do that? Another example, the Texans have three linebackers out versus Jacksonville on Sunday. That's if that game takes place. We don't know yet. We're still waiting to see. But it's a situation where you're looking at a deplete. I mean, not just depleted, a depleted with all of your guys in one position, that's hard, really, really hard to compete that way. But the NFL continues to push forward. 49ers lose big time last night as Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers in a, in a game which they had a couple guys out for COVID. You know, at a point, it's like, oh, is this really, I mean, we, I don't. is it really a legit game? I don't know. I, I mean, and you have to have a buy-in from the fans to get the ratings, which the ratings in sports are down across the board, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, also, the press conference was held for Steven Silas for the Houston Rockets. Sounded good. Sounded like – I mean, it, look, press conferences, you're supposed to win the press conference. You're supposed to knock that out of the park. I think he did that. I think he said the right things. I think he's had the right conversations. So we'll see. And, and, but it feels good. It feels like he's going to innovate some things offensively and defensively. I like he said something to the effect that he wants teams to have to sit and spend a day preparing for the Rockets. And if you can do that, life will get more complicated for your opponent, and thus you can get some victory. So, sounded good, feels good, and, yeah, it's a a whole thing. Uh, Speaking of the NBA, NBA, uh, they have agreed to start the season on December 22nd, a 72-game season. So not 82, but 72. I know some players, primarily your big 
guys, uh, Miami and LeBron and Anthony Davis, they didn't want that quick turnaround. Or you suspect it was them that didn't want it. And But after understanding how much money would be lost if they didn't start on December 22nd, uh, they realized quickly, yeah, we got to get it done. And the NBA, like, I mean, they had the best relationship with labor of any major pro sport in, in this country. So uh, they got it done. Kudos to them. That's a big, big deal. So we'll keep an eye out for that. More cancellations in college football with COVID. Numbers are just, I know we've been distracted by all the craziness with the presidential election. But the bottom line is uh, in the world of sports and in real life, COVID is is really running rampant. And you're starting to see Trevor Lawrence will be out for a second week in a row. He won't play in the big game. The number one versus number four against Notre Dame. Uh, that's not happening. Navy canceled the game. CUSA canceled some games. Other games have been canceled in the Pac-12. So it's, it's one of those things. And also in uh, sort of industry news, ESPN laid off a bunch of people yesterday as uh, the landscape of the world of sports is changing. People are unplugging from cable and they're finding alternative sources to watch and get their sports information. Fewer people, as this is a more segment segmented society, are watching sports the traditional ways and the traditional sports. And then you have a political component, maybe. I don't know how much of an, uh, a factor that is. I would have to believe it is somewhat of a factor. And then you've had COVID. And no fans in the stands and no, they had the disruption of sports, no sports for a long, long time. And that cost three to 500 people at ESPN, their jobs. And uh, it's, it's tough. And I've seen this in the newspaper, in the newspaper business, you start to see guys in the industry just fall off because they're not covering sports the same way. Everybody's cutting their budgets. You have people who are finding different ways to, you know, a lot of people are listening to podcasts. They're listening to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast and uh, maybe not watching ESPN as much. People are on the go. They're watching things on their phones. And ESPN is trying to find a way to provide as much sports as they can while maximizing their profit. And, uh, yeah, so we'll have to see what happens with that going forward. Also, Drew Brees sat out of practice a couple of days with some shoulder stuff. They don't say, they don't seem to think it's a big, big deal, but we'll see uh, how, what happens going forward. So with that, let's transition to a segment that we do on Thursdays, which is, you know, our normal Thursday thing. Uh, during football season, uh, Kalina, our very own Kalina from the Special Teams Unit, does a segment that we call Why We Kneel, where she highlights those who have been victims of police brutality and police uh, injustice. And uh, she'll state the facts and give you the info you need. And she'll tell you why she and so many others, why they kneel. Feeling the chilling right. moments that led to a police officer wow. shooting now. me. Ultimately, wow. is to bring Please, awareness officer, and make people... Colin Kaepernick kneeling to protest social injustice and police... Get unsigned by any NFL team. He's fired. He's fired! Why We Kneel. On August 5, 2014, John Crawford III walked into a Walmart in Beaver Creek, Ohio. He picked up an unpackaged BB gun and continued shopping. Another shopper called 911, claiming that Crawford was pointing the gun at other customers. Two officers arrived at the Walmart 
and they claimed Crawford did not comply with commands to drop the BB gun and lie on the ground. When the officers thought Crawford was going to escape, and believing the gun was a real firearm, one of the officers fired two shots, and John Crawford died shortly after. Store video shows Crawford walking with the BB gun as he shopped in the store, but did not point the gun at others. A grand jury decided to not indict the officers of either murder, reckless homicide, or negligent homicide. In 2017, after the U.S. Department of Justice conducted their own investigation, they declined to seek federal charges. Crawford's family filed a lawsuit, and they settled with the city of Beaver Creek for $1.7 million. 22-year-old John Crawford III is why we kneel. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Kalina for the Why We Kneel segment. If you have any comments on that, just hit us up, 832-941-6614. We're going to pivot here and go to a segment that we call Good Day. But before I tell you who is going to have a good day this weekend, my picks for what teams and what players are going to show up and show out, let's look at what happened last week. Because I like to, look, I want to be accountable for what I tell you guys. And I want you to hear me so uh, and, and kind of see if I have credibility on these things. And increasingly, it seems like I do. Because last week, I picked five teams. And I picked four teams to win. And my upset special, my upset special winner. So last week, how did I do? I had Philly over Dallas, check. Buffalo over New England, check. Close one, but check. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, check, check, check. And I had Seattle over San Francisco, check. And in my upset special, I had the Las Vegas Raiders in Cleveland defeating the Cleveland Browns. That is a check. So as it pertains to teams on the season, I was 5-0 this week. That gives me 26 and a half wins and eight and a half losses. Now, go figure the half. You'll have to go back to past episodes to figure out the half. Now, uh, in my upset specials, I am four and three on the season. Uh, as it pertains to players last week, I had Derrick Henry. Check. He had uh, 18 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. That's a big-time check. I had Russell Wilson. He was 27 of 37, 261 yards, and four touchdowns. That's a check. Pat Mahomes, five touchdowns, 416 yards passing versus the Jets. Check. Now, here's my loss. Carson Wentz, he was only 15 of 27 for 123 yards, two interceptions, and two touchdowns. That was a horrible performance, and he, we continue to doubt his future. Oh, They will go back and forth. It's not my fight. I don't have a dog in the Philadelphia Eagles fight, but he seems to consume a lot of oxygen in the national discussion about his play and his future. But to be fair, 
he didn't have he doesn't have anybody. His three receive three or four receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, all those guys are, are gone for this year or gone for a significant uh, period of time. You have Greg Ward, you have your starting tight end, Zach Ertz, he's out for the year. So, you know, Miles Sanders has been out. You had Boston Scott running the ball. So he's not had a whole lot, but that doesn't seem to matter for a lot of people. I'm not in that argument. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Now, here's my tough one, and I wanted to give myself a half point, but I took the L on this one. This is a recurring theme. We need to take the L's when we have them. So my loss was the Los Angeles Rams going to Miami against Tua Tungavailoa. And they did work. They had, well, yes and no. They had one on two sacks, a couple tackles for losses. Not That's not brilliant. But they really only gave up. They didn't give up any sustained scoring drives. The longest scoring drive that they gave up was 33 yards. That was the, the first, the second scoring drive for the Miami Dolphins. What happened was there was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Jared Goff threw two interceptions, setting them up. For a one-yard drive and a 33-yard drive, you had a kick return for a touchdown. So they really only gave up a thir- that 33-yard scoring drive. But nonetheless, I'll take the L on that one. So on the season, as it pertains to teams, I was 3-2 and two on the week, and that puts me at 21-12 and 12 for the season. That's the past. But let's look forward to who's going to have a good day. For week nine, if you want to talk about teams that are going to have a good day, you have to go with Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings versus the Detroit Lions, who do not have Matt Stafford. They, in I mean Minnesota, will have a good day. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to just bludgeon the Dallas Cowboys. They will remain undefeated. They, of course, will have a very good day. The New England Patriots, hey, Cam Newton cannot keep turning over the football. You're playing the Trevor Lawrence Bowl for the Jets. And I think that Cam and the Patriots will finally get it rolling. Maybe Isaiah Ford will get going, and the Patriots will have a good day. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a big-time division battle. They're going to have a a good day because they have a new addition. I think Tampa Bay will win and uh, have a big-time day over the New Orleans Saints. And the Miami Dolphins in my upset special will take it to the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Although, Arizona, I appreciate what you did on Election Day. That won't help you on Sunday. I'm seeing Tua Tungabayaloa and the Dolphins are going to have a good day. When you talk about players who are going to have a good day, we're going to see the debut, the season debut of Antonio Brown. I think he's going to get off to a flying start. He's going to have a great day. Also, James Robinson running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against a linebackerless <laughs> Houston Texans team, and he had a 119 yards last week. He'll do that again versus the Texans. He'll have a good day. Josh Jacobs will run all over the Los Angeles Chargers defense. People have been doing it all year long. He'll do it on Sunday. Josh Allen will have a big day against a woeful defense. Or one of the better teams in the NFL, but their defense has big holes in it. Although they added Carlos Dunlap, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going to have a good day versus the Seattle Seahawks. And Big Ben Roethlisberger. Big Ben is going to beat up Dallas and make people think that Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and John Stallworth are Back on the field, he is going to have a good day. All of those teams and all of those players are going to have a good day. Hey, we're going to have a good day. 
So those are the teams and the players that are going to have a good day this weekend. I hope you guys are taking notes so you can uh, see how I did and maybe utilize the information however you see fit. No endorsement. I'm not Jimmy the Greek. But I'm just saying that it's out, and that's a dated reference for many of you. But yeah, so that's for what it's worth. Those are my opinions on those players and those games of the folks who will have a good day. With that, gonna take a time out. Come back on the other side. First, we want to hear from our sponsor, Cobank Homes, and uh, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Come back on the other side. We have a lot more show for you. Gonna get on my soapbox. Gonna hear from you guys in the We the People segment. Do a Lamont Award and uh, maybe a little bit more. You never know. It's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on any platform that you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. Cobank Homes through Keller Williams. Took you out, but sex was on my mind for the whole damn right. My mom was in a frenzy in a horny state, but I couldn't drop down because she couldn't relate. DJ, DJ Anarchy, that's our guy. I want you guys to look him up on SoundCloud or on Twitter. Uh, DJ Anarchy, let him know. Show him some love. Let him know you appreciate what he does. And also want to remind you guys, if you have music, if you are a musician or a part of a band or a DJ and you have music you want us to hear, just hit us up. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. We want it to be radio edit. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an extended portion at the end. End of the podcast. So music at wadeswordproductions.com. With that, it's time for me to climb aboard my soapbox. When we are together, we got power. And now it's time to get on the soapbox. Well, it has been a grueling week as we await the naming of our next president, counting down those votes. It looks pretty obvious by now that Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. And uh, I did not sleep much Tuesday night. A couple naps here. Hour here. 45 minutes here. I was up all night Tuesday night. 
slept a little bit more Wednesday night. Slept even better last night. Woke up this morning and Georgia finally flipped. Pennsylvania flipped. Nevada, Arizona. I'm telling you, man, it is a crazy, crazy thing. And now, of course, he can't. Trump can't. He just can't take the L. He he just can't be a man about it. He has 70 million people that voted for him. And if those people believe that this was a rigged election, we are in a world of trouble. It, it's crazy. And, and you wonder, it, because, I, you know, the disappointment is that this wasn't over Tuesday night because it was a blowout. Now, the numbers, when the final numbers come out, Biden should win clo- by close to uh, 4.5 million, 4.5 million, I, I think, uh, uh, votes in the popular vote. But still, that means 70 million people voted for for what is the worst president in the history of the United States? This dude don't believe in the country. He does, he lies to us every single day. He's a racist. He's all of those things. He has lied to us about COVID. He does not have a plan for anything. He never has. And he doesn't read. He doesn't study foreign policy. You have to be careful how you talk to him if you're his aides. He is, I mean, the dude is on Twitter. The dude is a Twitter troll. This is real thing. And it seems so normalized now because the behavior is so outrageous. But if you understand anything about history, you understand that this is just such a departure in every single way. And he is not going to want to leave. But I just think that I hope everybody can come together and say, okay, you got to go. Because, again, now he can, he's going to go. He's going to go. It's just a matter of how much damage he does on the way out. And if I'm his age, I say, oh, man, hey, you can come back in four years. You got this. This is a, a setback for a comeback. Tell him whatever you got to tell him to keep the peace. But no, no, it's it, you. You got to go. But I'm disappointed because I don't understand how that many people can vote for somebody that is so absolutely horrible. And then you realize, okay, we're a really divided country and how we get our information and where we get our information. There's some people that don't make information uncomfortable to them accessible, like basic facts. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm trying to be as delicate as I can be because I don't want to ramp up any kind of rhetoric because I can't really tell you how I really, really feel because I mean, that's kind of productive. The more you understand, the more you understand how dangerous and embarrassing this guy is that he ever had an opportunity to lead our country. And it, it tells me that there are a lot of people who are lost and looking for help and looking for a a messiah. And, and they're doing that in the form of this guy who clearly lies every single day. He lied about Kobe. He knew he was going to lose. He set all of this up. He said, oh, the only way I can lose is if if they cheat. Really, man? <laughs> like, honestly, when Republicans won, Senate races, Lindsey Graham won, McConnell won, others won, the House, they picked up a couple seats in the House, but it, everybody just cheated for uh, against you. Come on. And, and, you know, it's upon the Republican leadership to kind of say, hey, man, all right, Take your L. Let's move forward. Let's make plans for four years from now. And I hope that when Joe Biden takes power, I hope you, I mean, I hope we don't have to drag this dude 
out of the White House at gunpoint or whatever. I, you know, I hope it doesn't get ugly. And I hope that once Joe Biden takes power and people realize, okay, well, life is not, the world is not going to end. But once they realize, okay, life is, life is okay, I'll be fine. Then maybe we can start to heal and they can make themselves available to hear something other than the echo chamber they've created for themselves. So that's that. That's really nice. As nice as I'm going to be about this. And I listen, unlike him, I listen to the people. And it's time for the We the People segment. Time for We the People. The We the People segment is when I come to you guys on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or I check the phone lines to see what you guys think about several different things. Well, this time out, I asked you guys about NFL postponement. I mentioned this again in the uh, in the headlines talking about the NFL. I asked you about that. I asked you about the better team, the Cowboys or the Texans. And I asked you who was the best team in the NFL right now. And that's a very interesting vote that you guys cast on the group page as well. Also, we have a message on the sports line. Uh, again, 832-941-6614. Let's talk about NFL postponements. We understand that if I guess enough guys get it, you have to postpone the game. But how about if all three of your quarterbacks get it? Do you postpone the game then? I mean, you have three linebackers for the Texans that are out. You had several wide receivers for the 49ers that were out. And the reason why it happens like this is because if one guy gets it through contact tracing – they know what other guys were around that guy a lot. They know that one Texan linebacker got it, but they also know that the other two linebackers, two other linebackers, were in close proximity for an extended portion of time, maybe in meetings, I'm sure, or practice or whatever, and they are exposed to COVID. So I asked you guys, should you postpone it? And 100% of you guys said yes. So what if the, okay, let's pretend in, in a in bizarre world that the Texans were in the running to win their division. And now you play a division game without three linebackers. It will be different if it's a linebacker, wide receiver, and a safety. But you're talking about three linebackers. How do you replace three linebackers in one game? How do you do that? I, I don't know. Last night. San Francisco. How do you replace three or four receivers? And I said Brian Ayuk. His name is Brandon Ayuk. So I want to correct myself on that one. But how do you replace three receivers? How do you do that? So three guys were out last night. Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel, and Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. So uh, how do you do that? How, how is that a legitimate game? I, I don't know. I, I guess we just have to accept it. But, I mean, if my team doesn't go to the playoffs because of that, I would be really upset. So we'll have to see how much the NFL will move forward. I don't even know if the Texans will play yet. We don't know yet. They go to Jacksonville on Sunday. They have to know by tomorrow if they are going to actually indeed load up the buses and fly to Jacksonville. I asked you guys which team was better, the Texans or the Cowboys. Both teams are just woefully wrecked with injuries and ineptitude and bad coaching, bad personnel decisions, everything. Just more, Dallas more injury than anything else. I mean, just wrecked by injuries. I mean, Dak Prescott, three offensive linemen on the defensive side of the football. Your backup quarterback concussed, and now Andy Dalton has COVID, so he won't play. Brian DiNucci started last week. He won't start again. We don't. I think I don't know who's Cooper Rush or somebody supposed to. I don't even know who to get. They went to the to the liquor store and found somebody on the cut to start at quarterback. 
guess that's what they did. But nonetheless, 100% of you guys in a small sample size said that, yeah, the Texans are better. And I do think the Texans are better. And they're going to pick up a win on Sunday, although they don't have three linebackers. So we'll have to see. Then I ask you guys, the best team in the NFL right now is, is it Pittsburgh, who's undefeated? Is it Seattle, who has one loss? Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with two losses? Is it Kansas City, one loss? Well, 63% of you guys said the Kansas City Chiefs are the best team in football. You guys are rolling with the incumbent. Since we're doing talking election talk, you went with the incumbent, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, only 26% of you guys said the Pittsburgh Steelers, which are an undefeated team, beat the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they haven't had the toughest schedule yet, but still, they beat who was in front of them. And then I guess you guys are, hey, banging down the door for Tom Brady is 11, just 11%, not a lot, not a lot. 11% said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm telling you, Antonio Brown's going to have a big weekend. And I bet you that number will go up next Tuesday. If I, if I put this post up again, I bet you it'll go up again. So, uh, I, you know. And then no one voted for Seattle, which they just added Carlos Dunlap. You have the real MVP in Russell Wilson. And you have DK Metcalf, a, a star in the making. He's coming. So, that is that. Let's see. Let's check the phone lines and see what we have. Hey, Devin. It's Melissa. I was calling the hotline because of the question that you posted in the group about should the NFL postpone games when several players at the same position are held out due to COVID. I say yes to that. Uh, but the, my other thought is, did the NFL really put enough flexibility into the schedule and everything to make allowances for COVID-19? As it seems more and more people, more and more of the guys are testing positive for uh, COVID. Granted, they are quickly, you know, isolating those people, doing the contact tracing, identifying those other people and um, isolating them and so forth. But because they are not in a bubble situation, isn't it more likely that you will continue? Just as across the nation, you're seeing more of a tick up in cases. Wouldn't the same thing be applicable to the players in the NFL as well? And then when does it get to a point that some of the teams don't have players or just really can't play? Do you have enough five weeks left? Do you have to, how many more games will have to be canceled, like period? So is this season going to be lopsided like the NBA season was lopsided? My other question is, though, to segue to something else, is so what's your opinion of what's going on with um, everything in politics, with the presidential election? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Have a great day. Thanks, Melissa, for calling. And again, want to remind you guys, 832-941-6614. You know what? You bring up an interesting point about the NFL. I don't know why they are so married to this strict schedule. 
You have the ability. There's not. You have a long time in your calendar to move some things back if you had to. Maybe they're just so married to the idea of the Super Bowl taking place on that day. Maybe they think if they move it, it will somehow jeopardize the millions and millions and millions of dollars they make in advertising on Super Bowl Sunday. I think not. I think that you would rather have a legit season going into the Super Bowl if you had to move it back a week or two or three than to have it and you have teams and fan bases feeling slighted by the fact that this didn't feel like a legit season because you rushed through it and maybe there were games that shouldn't have taken place that took place because you had to have them on the schedule when they were scheduled to be played. Now, like I said, the Texans are in a situation where they don't have any more bye weeks, so they are stuck here. And now they're talking about maybe expanding the playoffs if – there is a situation where all the games can be played. Why Why not push it back? Why not? You have all the time in the world. Let's do it legit. If you're going to do it, do it legit and take the time that you need. I think we are much more understanding if you need to say, hey, there is a two-week break for every team. I think everybody would understand that as opposed to, oh, we're going to force a team to play. Like, again, the Texans are out of it by far. But if they were in contention and now they're facing Derrick Henry with no linebackers, how do you do that? I I don't know. We're getting used to the idea of these guys being locked out of their facilities. Eddie Robinson told us it doesn't make a difference, and I, I believe that. I believe that. But take your time. Take your time. We have time. COVID is going to be here for a while. We have a vivid understanding of what's going on, most of us. Unless you think we're turning a corner, like someone likes to say. That segues into the political takes. Well, obviously, I got on my soapbox, so I told you guys how I feel about all of those things. But, yeah, just not not in a great mood. Maybe I just need more, more sleep, but I just don't feel good. It's The rhetoric is ramping up. We are not headed to a good place. This is not good. This is not good. Let's hope the glass is half empty in my view only. And maybe, yeah, we're on our way to better days. But I don't know. This dude seems like he is hell-bent on messing all of this up. So with that, let's get into a segment that we call the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, like everything else, COVID is interjecting itself and invading our lives. It invades the Lamont Award this time out because I'm giving the Lamont Award to the Las Vegas Raiders and more specifically to John Gruden, the head coach. Now, they have strict mandates that they want these teams and these coaches to follow. Keep your mask on. You have to keep your mask on. That's extremely important. They've gotten after coaches all over the league. They find coaches all over the league for this. No coach more than John Gruden. John Gruden got fined $100,000 for repeatedly not wearing his mask. That was previously. And previously, the team, who we I think we documented how they had a gathering where Darren Waller had something, Derek Carr and a bunch of them were there without mask on. Well, the team was fined. 250k and a sixth round pick 
That just happened. A six-round pick and another $500,000 in fines. And Mr. John Gruden endured $150,000 more in fines. So we're looking at a million dollars in fines for not following simple NFL protocol to try to keep the team, the players safe, and the league going. And I just cannot believe that these guys cannot do the basics. Do an Andy Reid. Get a face shield. Do the things that you have to do. You had an unauthorized person in the locker room. You've had gatherings. You don't wear your mask. This is really, really stupid from a a health standpoint. But it's even stupider <laughs> from a financial standpoint. You're just gonna give the league 250 grand, John Gruden. You're just gonna give the the league 750 thousand dollars, Raiders. You don't have a come to Jesus meeting with your organization to say, hey, this is not going to happen. I mean, it also tells you how much money these organizations risk are risking losing if this you starting to hit people with with five what a million dollars in fines. A million dollars in fines and a six-round draft pick. Now, you start losing more of those draft picks, that really will become an issue for the team. But because you guys cannot play it safe, cannot follow just common-sense protocol, John Gruden and the Las Vegas Raiders, you are big dummy. You big dummy. Some of the protocols are kind of ridiculous when you think about these guys going out, breathing on each other, hitting on each other, sweating on each other, tackling each other face to face for three hours every Sunday. It's kind of ridiculous. But, I, you know, if you're not going to do the bubble, you have to try to follow the protocol best you can. This thing is hanging on the string like everything else in our lives is hanging on the string. Uh, so, yeah, you have to at least follow what they are trying to put in place so we can have a legit season and everybody can make their money and I can have Sunday football. How about that? So with that, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank Kalina for the Why We Kneel segment. Want to thank Kobank Homes, our sponsor. Want to thank our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to thank Melissa for checking in. Want to remind you guys, give us a call on the sports line 24 hours a day, 832-941-6614. And, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook. And go to wadeswordproductions.com. Go to the website. Subscribe to the email list. And as always, remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.